don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. It's May 4th and time for your Social and 6 update. As always, we're bringing you the six most important news stories from the ever-changing landscape. To fill you in on the news you might have missed and, of course, to give you plenty to talk about in our Facebook group. So without further ado, let's get started. First up today, TikTok has surpassed 2 billion downloads. Yes, it's an amazing feat and believe it or not, one that hasn't been achieved since Facebook's family of apps did so in 2014. Now, according to Sensor Tower, much of the spike has happened during lockdown. And that obviously makes complete sense. Many of us are turning to social media to ease the boredom of lockdown. But while it seems like an overnight success story, TikTok have been very considered in their approach over the last few years. They've cornered the viral challenges space, but have also grown their user base with an ad campaign that puts the very best UGC forward and gives people a sense of FOMO. And the most entertaining part of this is that they've done it on other social media platforms, advertising the app in Facebook and YouTube's backyard. You don't need me to dwell on how much of a success TikTok is, but I'm sure you'll be interested to know what's coming next. According to reports in DigiDay, TikTok is working on a Shop Now button to help brands and influencers generate revenue from their content. This update has been rumoured for a while and there's no estimation on when the feature will land. But one thing's for sure, Facebook will not be alone in controlling social commerce. Take a bow, TikTok. Your favourite brunch items are available now for delivery and you can actually order it directly from Instagram. Eve noticed this one, you can order food through Instagram now. Yeah, Instagram has a new feature called Food Orders um, that says its aim is to make ordering takeaways as easy as possible. So restaurants and cafes now will see an option to add an action button to their profiles and this button invites your followers to order food or buy gift cards. There's also a new Food Order sticker for Instagram Stories which lets users tap the sticker to be redirected then to the restaurant's website. Now I think it's a no-brainer considering how big the hospitality presence is on Instagram and when you consider how many people are now ordering takeaways it makes perfect sense for them. It's also a nice way to support the hospitality businesses that put so much into Instagram um, and that are really struggling right now. now. I can't imagine the likes of Deliveroo and Just Eat will be happy about this but I also don't want to assume that this will automatically be a death knell for them. Personally I'd be interested to see whether people use this as their primary means of ordering food or if it's just another app to add to the takeaways folder on their phones. Now, the feature is now available in the UK as part of a worldwide rollout, but US users will have already had this since last week. Am I live? What up, Peach? I have to hold it. Now, Theo, Facebook is monetizing live streams. Yes, Mark Zuckerberg recently addressed the world via a Facebook live stream in which he laid out Facebook's plans over the next few months. Conveniently, this came just before the app released its Q1 earnings for the year. Now, much of the event was stolen by news of Messenger launching a Zoom-style video conferencing app. But one massive update you might have missed is the steps Facebook is taking to monetize live streams. That's right, soon certain creators and pages will be able to charge viewers to watch their live content. Now this may seem a little bizarre, why pay for what you often get for free? But put this in the context of small business owners who have been impacted by lockdown restrictions and coronavirus, and you can see the appeal. The example I've been using is the out-of-work yoga teacher who's been using Zoom and PayPal to keep classes running. Well, now they can do it in one place via Facebook Live. That's not to say this feature is just for small business owners though. While I don't see much scope for brands, tipping creators isn't a new concept either. It's been available on Twitch for some time. Now, if the diehard fans of creators and influencers are looking for premium and more exclusive content, paid-for lives are one way of giving it to them. 
Now we're going to stop just for a minute to bring you a clip from Steve's latest webinar all about how to make the perfect live stream. My next principle is, is one that uh, it's, it blows my mind that the majority of people don't know, and that's live videos on social don't need to be live. Yes, I was listening to Steve's webinar with intent, actually, on live to see what he would say, and it was really, really interesting. I mean, he did promise a webinar in which secrets would be revealed, and I think the biggest one that came out of that was the fact that 99% of our live streams aren't actually live. Doing a pre-recorded live stream that isn't live is a much safer bet. And that's the case for a lot of brands and a lot of, I think, the best live content that you see on social media. I think it's becoming more and more apparent that a lot of marketers pre-record these lives. And, you know, you may think that it's cheating, but I think we've gotten to a point now with live where the technology and the software that we have access to is so good that why wouldn't you use these sort of workarounds and secrets to create really engaging content and live streams that people want to watch and, and don't forget people want to engage with for near on to an hour, over an hour at a time. I think one of the most interesting points as well that came out of Steve's webinar was the importance of context. The majority of my viewers are going to join midway through the stream without context. You need as a user, as the audience, as much context at three minutes into a live stream as you do as an hour and 10 minutes. Because if you think, if you walk into the cinema and you walk into a film halfway through the film, you're not going to stick around. Now, an example of this is especially with some of the quizzes we do and also the more gamified live streams, you know, making it clear that there is an opportunity to win these are the prizes that you can win. These are the people who have come before. And that, I don't know, on the hour, every hour, we are going to be announcing new winners or we go, there's going to be some sort of action happening. So constantly reminding the audience why they're there in the first place. So two very important points there to remember with live. And now back to this week's stories. The hard choice is actually closing down and ensuring those employees who can't work from home are paid and healthy. Eve, statistic here for news. 75% of Americans believe brands must step up in the coronavirus fight. Yeah, so I was looking earlier at a study done in early April by Porter Novelli Research that has proven what we suspected to be the case, that Americans expect more from brands. Um, and my guess is it's not just Americans. But with this survey, it asked over a thousand adults about the role of brands amid COVID-19. And the majority said that they believe businesses have an ongoing responsibility to support the coronavirus relief effort. So 77% said that they think companies must prove that they're making decisions that are in the national interest. A further 75% said that how companies act over the coming months will have a direct impact on whether or not they support them in the future. So it follows on from what we heard from the Johns in our recent episode about the burden on brands. But it's obvious that the brands that act now and use their power to make a real difference are much more likely to win public support once the pandemic has passed. You know, people aren't dumb and they know what brands brands are capable of. 45% of Americans as well believe brands can create COVID-19 solutions at a faster and more efficient rate than their own government. Now, considering that this is an American study, that could definitely be a dig at Trump. But I think it holds true for a lot of countries right now, including here in the UK. Here are today's key developments in our coronavirus coverage. Next up, Twitter has opened up its API to data researchers. In-depth COVID-19 data analysis has finally come to Twitter. The platform is now giving researchers and data analysts unprecedented powers to analyse tweets and the conversation around COVID-19. It follows similar pledges by Facebook to work with various governments to analyse the conversation around COVID-19. But according to Twitter, which has closed access to third-party apps in the past, Analysts will be able to access tens of millions of tweets daily to assess the pandemic spread 
the role of misinformation and seemingly attitudes towards lockdown measures. It's interesting to see social media platforms and data analysts working in tandem on matters like this. As we've said before, first-party data is now critical to gaining a wider understanding of situations happening across the globe. It's unclear how these learnings will be used, but who's to say Twitter won't use these insights to better assess the impact of fake news and conspiracy theories and bring out measures to prevent these issues? I want TikTok to do the reverse move. I think if TikTok adds pictures, I think you've got a real fight. Eve, big one from TikTok, they've recently launched donation stickers. Yep, after all the talk of Facebook looking to clone and squash TikTok, it seems to be developing the other way around. And for once, it's another platform that's borrowing features and interfaces from Facebook's family of apps. And they're actually getting away with it. TikTok so far has borrowed Instagram's profile layouts, complete with link in bio, and now it's launched donation stickers, which is a feature that Facebook and Instagram have had for a while. So on TikTok, creators can now add the sticker to their videos and live streams to raise money for their favorite charities directly in the TikTok app. So TikTok has partnered with charities like Meals on Wheels, No Kid Hungry and the Actors Fund on the launch. In terms of how the stickers work, it's not dissimilar from Instagram's version at all in terms of being added to a video or a live stream. The only difference is when a user taps on the sticker, they'll be guided to a pop-up window where they can then make a donation without ever having to leave the app. So technically TikTok has one up on Instagram there. TikTok will also match all donations raised through the stickers until the 27th of May. And there's a new hashtag called Double Your Impact that will be automatically added to the videos and live streams that use the stickers in that time. The move is definitely part of the app's coronavirus relief efforts. TikTok said earlier this month it would pledge $250 million to support frontline workers, educators and local communities affected by the pandemic. And it provided another $125 million in advertising credits to public health organisations and businesses looking to rebuild. Your move, Instagram. Very interesting to see Facebook and TikTok dominate in the news there, isn't it, Eve? It feels like, especially over the past few months, that they've sort of locked into this duopoly almost, a bit of like an arms race. It reminds me of a lot of the rivalry we used to talk about between Facebook and YouTube. It just seems like that shifted these two platforms more now. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's like been focused between Instagram and TikTok. But what I'm finding really sort of interesting to watch develop is the fact that Instagram's not necessarily the clear winner in this. I'm not saying that TikTok has won yet either but it's definitely giving instagram a run for its money uh, which hasn't happened in a while yeah 100 percent. and we know that creators have sort of diversified and many are on both platforms but i think the audiences and the setup and some of the features there are similarities and it, mm-hmm. we're almost you know getting into a bit of like you said a, an instagram and snapchat situation where it's like who can clone who and who can do what better yeah what i find very interesting especially from your story is tiktok's shop now button which as well I mean, it's. I know it's e-commerce, so it's not something that's owned by Instagram, but the fact that it's a shop now button with all the other features that TikTok's been coming out with that are very similar to Instagram, it feels like another borrowed feature. But TikTok still has its own USP and it's still very good at what it does. So the fact that it takes features from Instagram doesn't necessarily mean it's turning into Instagram, which is where I think they might just beat them out because they'll still be able to be TikTok and like, you know, do all the things that they do really well, but just with Instagram's add-ons as well. It's like doing what they do and a bit more. Exactly. I completely agree. And I have to say, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast a few times as well, but I think TikTok's advertising campaign and strategy has just been excellent. You know, using, uh, it's been quite a sort of revelation using UGC and putting that front and center consistently on all other social media platforms. I really think 
that has led to this surge to passing 2 billion users, which is a massive, yeah. massive, massive feat. It is as well. And and so like soon, really, like technically speaking, compared to like the lifespan of platforms normally, this is quite, they've hit that very, very fast. I mean, look at, was it, was it Drake's music video that incorporated a TikTok dance? Like the impact on culture, I think that TikTok is having, especially everyone being on it right now, I just, I don't see Instagram being able to do that, no matter how big and how powerful it is. Massively, it is the now platform. It is, it, is, yeah. it is the cool kid in school, let's be honest. Yeah, definitely. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you again in two weeks time with Social in Six. And next week, we'll be back with an interview episode with WWF. Yes, do listen out for that podcast. And while we're on the subject of upcoming events, we want to thank you for being a listener of Social Minds by giving you an exclusive discount that gives you free access to Social Media Week 1 which is happening tomorrow on Tuesday the 5th of May if you're listening on the Monday. And it will feature Stephen Bartlett who's doing a talk there on the state of social media. Now this takes place between 1.50 and 2.20 Eastern time and 6.50 and 7.50 UK time. So I'll be dropping the discount code on the Social Minds Facebook group. Have a look out for that. Thanks again and we'll see you next week. See you then. This has been the Social Minds podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young and produced by Ollie Thompson. 